Hello everyone, podcast 75 from Football Anya, where we talk everything Dutch football. You'll be amazing to yet again hit a thousand listens on our platforms, SoundCloud, YouTube and iTunes. Make sure to hit that like button as well if you enjoy our podcasts. I'm with Mike Bell, the Football Anya editor, and today we're going to be talking lots about RZ, Ajax, the Champions League, the Dutch national team. Stefan de Vrij has been named as Serie A Defender of the Season. Mike, as I, as I was just saying in the intro there, that there's lots to talk about again this time, particularly the transfer window. And whilst this is all, all going on and lots of Dutch teams are paying for the new season, the last one's still ending, of course. The Champions League's still going and many Dutch players are involved, many who are in Dutch national team as well. And a key man who is in everyone's minds at the moment is Memphis Depay. He's got a big season ahead of him, and at the end of it will be the Euros. He's fit again, and he's playing for Lyon, and people are sort of earmarking him to be a major threat to Manchester City in the quarterfinal for Lyon. He really is a main man there at Lyon, isn't he? And we had a question from someone who'd like to know. Oh, I've lost it now, I have to bring it back up. Yeah, Satsman did. Do you think Memphis gets a transfer this summer? If so, what are your ideal landing spots for him? For me, yeah, it's nailed on. I think that he's going to leave Leon unless they do the unthinkable and win the Champions League, which technically wouldn't be good for Dutch football given the fact that I actually need someone to to win it that's already qualified because if Leon were to win it, then Ajax would have to go for a qualifier. So a lot of Dutch football fans you know, wouldn't want that, but you know, it would be great for Memphis if you win the Champions League, but it's very unlikely. I think we on next season won't be playing any European football, and that's not what Memphis wants. He wants to be playing at the highest level and impressing. And know that you'll have some commitment to Leon. You know, have made him captain. They're really desperate for him to stay. But I think that big clubs will come in from this summer, and I think they will go. We've already seen that Borussia Dortmund have been linked with him. If Jaden Sancho goes to Manchester United and I think that's probably a transfer that's going to drag on and drag on all this summer. Um, Drummond said that he's not leaving yesterday but Manchester United could come back in from later in the summer, make a bit bid and then I think that Dortmund would be an excellent club for, for Memphis to go to. You know, some of the other ones that again mentioned, you know, like, like AC Milan, you know, these sort of clubs are, that's a club that's not very stable and I don't think Memphis would really want to go there, it's, a club, it's got great traditions, but I can't see them challenging for the Serie A title. So for me, it's got to be a, a Dortmund, even a PSG, you know, they were linked a few months ago. And Memphis has to be playing Champions League football, he has to be going for titles. He has to be playing at the highest level because next summer he's got, you know, European Championships and everyone's are totally reliant on him up front. And I want to see him playing at the, the highest level to prepare for that. For me, he's got to go somewhere where he's going to be the main man, like he is at Lyon. He really revels in that role. At Manchester United, you could see that he went from being the standout man at PSV to someone who uh, wasn't the best player in the team. He needs to go somewhere where he can still be that standout man. Now, Lyon is a good place for him in that respect, I guess, but he wants to be playing at a high level. Borussia Dortmund, I agree with you, Mike, it would be a good choice for him. I think it might depend whether Jadon Sancho goes to Man United, yeah, and then 
Memphis would replace him in that sort of wide role. Uh, there are other clubs mentioned too, but it's paper talk, isn't it, sometimes? Arsenal, Manchester United, who knows whether it's true or not. I know, of course, Arsenal are trying to sign Willian from Chelsea on a free transfer. That might rule them out of signing Memphis. What do you think is in store for him this season, though? And do you think that he's going to continue to be uh, playing in the striker's role for the Netherlands? I think for the Netherlands, yeah, until somebody else really comes through. I think somebody like Marlon can play on the wing as well. So I think Cumin has the ideas of Memphis for the centre because it works so well and it's worked so well for the Netherlands. I don't see any point of changing that. You know, I think that Memphis is going to be super motivated. I mean, he is super motivated at the moment. You know, we saw how quickly he's come back from his serious injury. And uh, whatever club he's playing at next season, I think we're going to see a Memphis in top form because he's worked so hard to regain his fitness. And I think that he's going to be firing going into next season. He's already looked impressive in the Champions League. I know his, his goal against Juventus was a penalty, um, you know, cheeky Penenka, but this shows the confidence that he has. And I think he'll, he'll stick with that confidence going into next season. I think that there'll be clubs this summer looking at him because, to be honest, if Leon aren't in Europe, they'll accept a lower fee. And I think if you can get Memphis for a lower fee, I think a lot of clubs will be interested in that. Somebody like Tottenham may even come in from, but, you know, the Jose Mourinho factor might play a part in that. You know, he, he sold Memphis to Manchester United and, you know, he, he did say at the time that he did like Memphis, but he just wasn't right for the club. And whether Memphis would want to be reunited with him, we'll wait and see. But I think there's definitely going to be a lot of clubs that are interested in him this summer. And, you know, Dutch football artists have always said that Real Madrid is his dream. I, mean, I can't see that happening this summer, especially since Real Madrid don't seem to have any money unless they sell some of their players. But yeah, I appreciate Dortmund, I think, would be an absolute excellent move for him and it would give him a chance to excel at a high level next year. Well, all credit to him because of the comeback he made from injury. He would have been back for the Euros to have that um, have still happened. And yeah, it's great to have him really going to be pushing for plenty of goals in a starting role at a big European club next season to really get him ready for the Euros. Lots more Dutch players are involved in the Champions League. Um, Frank de Jong's been playing well for Barcelona, hasn't he, Mike? And I know that Stefan de Vrij has also been standing at in the Europa League for Inter Milan. He's also been named Serie A Defender of the Season. What have you made of uh, Frankie and, and, and Stefan de Vrij recently? Yeah, I watched Barcelona's game against Napoli and I thought that Frank de Jong was the best player on the pitch. You know, he controlled the midfield, everything he did was, was excellent. And you know, I'm just a bit gutted that he had. An absolute wonderful assist for, for Messi ruled out. You know, I couldn't really see what VAR was seeing. I can see the handball. Um, I thought it was a perfectly good goal. And it's just testament to the fact that you know, De Jong was playing where Busquets would have been playing. Um, Busquets was, out, I think, suspended. And in that role, you know, Frankie shown. And it's a role that he should have been playing all season, not playing on the wing or playing further forward. It just doesn't suit him when he's controlling the midfield he's exceptional and he was exceptional against Napoli and I think that hopefully going forward the Barcelona coach sees that and that's where he plays because it's frustrating to see him in the lost in the game by trying to play too far forward he's, it just doesn't suit him um, but yeah I think that next season is going to be his year and you know Barcelona have a really tough game coming up against Bayern Munich so I'm going to watch that and see 
high performance there because yeah, if Barcelona to win the Champions League this year, it's gonna be a shock. But you've got to think it'd be down to you know some messy magic and probably Frankie's control of the midfield that would get them there. Whereas De Vrij, I think, yes, he seems to have gone from strength to strength since moving to Inter from, from Lazio and well-deserved to be named Defender of the Year. Um, I think with Matthijs De Ligt out for several months now, De Vrij is going to have to try and ch- take his chance in the Dutch national team and see if Koeman picks him for the Nations League games in next month. That's really between him and, and Nathan Aki for the spot. It all depends on whether Kimmin wants to stick with a left-footed and a right-footed centre-back. That may rule out De Vrij because I think we've seen in recent internationals and games that if Kimmin wants to bring off somebody from the bench to, to slot into the centre-back position, it's always been Ake. So we'll see if he gets an odd or De Vrij. But you have to say De Vrij definitely deserves it because he's been outstanding in the past past season. And he could end it with winning the Europa League. I think that Inter Milan have a great chance of winning it. And yeah, it'll just push his cause even more. Come back to the point about the Netherlands defence in just a moment. Other players that have been involved still at the end of this season include um, Hans Harteber, Robin Gosens and Martin Dodon for Atalanta. I watched them against Inter Milan and I, I thought, well, let's see what the, all the fuss is about. And um, they didn't have the best of games, but I think it was because they had got the Champions League game against PSG in mind uh, and were put in their, their sort of league form behind them. But yeah, uh, Hosens and, and Hartberg continue to be options in the full-back roles and I just wonder whether Koeman's going to have another look at the both of them and uh, see if they can fit into uh, the back four that he's got going rather than the back five that Atalanta have got. Um, because of course Dumfries and Blintzer seem to be hard to get out of the team at the moment. And I know that they're both positions that Netherlands fans want to see other players come in to compete for as well. With regards to the Netherlands defence, one of the questions we had in was about this. If Matthijs Litt's been playing for Juventus and has been first choice for Koeman all, all of his time, then Stefan de Vlaai being named Serie A defender of the season is surely a, a massive signpost to say, actually, he should be picked next to Van Dijk instead. The question was for Matt. Would you agree with the prevailing notion that, oh, no, sorry, that's the wrong question. I'm, I need to read this question here from Abdul. He wants to, he wants to know whether Ake or De Vrij should take the De Ligt place. For me at the moment, it's got to be De Vrij and Ake is going to continue to be that backup centre-back. It's so lucky that the Netherlands have got all of these defenders to choose from. I suppose the only way that Ake will get into the side is if there was a couple of injuries at left-back or if they're going to be playing a back three and Ake takes his place on the left-hand side of a back three. What's your opinion on that, Mike? Because, of course, Ake has gone to Manchester City for a lot of money. Doesn't that suggest that he's also a really top defender and should be competing for a starting role with the Netherlands? Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to see that Cumin has such great options for centre-back positions. And as I said earlier, it really depends on whether he wants to stick with a left-foot centre-back and a right-foot centre-back like he has done, or does he switch up and basically just play the two best ones? Um, and that would mean Van Dijk and, and De Vrij, which we've not really seen so far. We've not really seen the two of them paired together that often. Um, Kimmin you know, loves the, the Van Dijk, the Ligt 
partnership and when we've seen him, other defenders come in, it has always been Ake. So we'll see if Kimmin switches up. I think that Devry deserves his chance. He's played basically the best of any of the Netherlands centre-backs probably except for Van Dijk this season. And I'd like to see him given that chance. But then you've got Ake as well who has earned his big money move to Manchester City. I've seen a lot of people confused about the fact that Manchester City have signed him and, and having a go at him because you know Bournemouth got relegated this season and they think that they've shipped a lot of goals and they think that you know Ake has been you know a part of this and they don't really think he deserves to move to Manchester City, which I think is absolutely nonsense. I think that ever since he's joined that club, Ake has been the standout. He's been the captain. He's been one of the best players. I mean, Bournemouth are a small side and they've managed to stay in the, the top fight for a few years now and you know, Ake has been a big part of that and yeah, they went down this year. Aki also had a few injuries and missed quite a few games. I think that you know the disrespect from some people towards him has has been really harsh, and I think that under Pep Guardiola next season we'll see Aki come into his own. I think he'll be excellent for Manchester City. I think he suits that team well with his ball playing skills. I think he'll be a big part there. The side next season, I think that that again will fall into Kimmins' hands because now he has four excellent centre-backs you know I don't want to say they're all four of them are world-class but you know by end of next season all four of them could be and yeah that's just it's weird to say that about Netherlands to have such a an excellent defence but yeah going into Euros next year four excellent options for centre-back well six six seasons in a row for Bournemouth in the top flights is it all when Ake's being the main centre-back for them they've shipped a lot of goals but he's always been that standout defender just so tenacious, he always fights for the ball, um, always giving his all for the team. Yeah, he really fits in with what, what Man City want as well in the defensive side, trying to play the ball out of defence. I'm sure Ake will, will be a good fit there. One of the questions was to do with the defence, and actually, yeah, from Matt, they've got a slide defence now, but he's asking, are, are they lacking in a cohesive attacking end? Well, Matt, I think... What we were talking about just now with having Memphis being a starting striker, that was born out of the fact that the Netherlands didn't really have a, a, a great option up top. But Memphis has really fit it, and I don't think that there's a problem with, with moving that position now. I think it'd be great to have a world-class striker with Memphis, but if that's not going to be available for a little while, then why not stick with him as a starting striker and put some really good attacking players around him? I guess the problem comes with the wings available, doesn't it? And are they top options for the team? Yeah, I think that you know, right now you'd say Nervon's strength is at the back and with Frankie Dion in front of that back four. Um we've got world class centre backs and world class midfielder and then we've got Memphis up front. But I think that if you look at the, the players coming through, the players that are going to be available in a couple of years' time. The strikers are coming back. We just went through a little bit of a, a well in production of, you know, world-class centre-forwards. But, you know, in a few years, you know, Bordeaux is going to be even better. You've got Malin, Xerxes, you know, Barabia at Ajax, Hansen at Ajax, um, players like Tabuni coming through at AZ. There's, there's several at Feyenoord in their academy as well. I think that give it, two or three years and everyone's will have a packed attack as well. And you look at Ake, he's still young. Delek's still very young. You know, Nevin's squad in three, four years could be 
could be excellent. It could be excellent all over the pitch. And you've got the wingers. There's not very many options at the moment. But yeah, you've got Stengs coming through, who's to me he's got to be world class. Um, Delroson is a good player. So yeah, like all over the pitch, and everyone's have talents coming through. It's just going to take a couple of years. But right now, you'd say that the defence is the strongest part with the addition of Frankie De Jong as well. And that's great because it suits everyone's under coming and they do well at the back to then hit on the counter with the pace of the likes of Memphis and Malin. So it works well. And yeah, I think that it's the fact that defence wins games and I think that everyone's having the strongest defence and one of the strongest defences in Europe, then it can only be a good thing going into the Euros next year. That's right. And we talked about the Champions League season ending with all of these top Dutch players. The new season starting as well with the Champions League and the qualifiers. There are, of course, some Netherlands players in the interests of RZ Alkmaar. Uh, they have been drawn at home to Victoria Pilsen in the second round of Champions League qualifying. They've got three rounds to get through to try and represent the Netherlands in um, the group stage of the Champions League. If they lose their target to Pilsen, they then have two rounds of Europa League qualifying to get through. Or if they get through this one round of Champions League qualifying and then they lose one of the next two rounds, they then drop into the Europa League group stages. So it's um, it could be tricky for Arsenal if they don't hit the ground running. They don't want to be out of Europe before the season even starts, especially with all of those fantastic players such as Stengs, Boadu, Cope Miners. That seems to be sticking around for another year to not only challenge the Eredivisie title, but also to play European football again and hopefully Champions League football with RZ. Yeah, for me it's it's going to be tough because I think that AZ have looked poor in pre-season. Um, Bordeaux's only just recently returned from an injury. You've got Stengs still out and they're a bit worried that Stengs is actually going to miss the game against Victoria Pilsen and Ron Blar is also consistently injured. Um, Hetsidiakos is still out and yeah, they're just looking short in key areas. They've not done well in pre-season. They just beat Leo, but that's the only win um, so far. I don't think they're, right now, ready for it. Um, I think out of the three teams they could have drawn, they've got the the best draw in Victoria Pilsen. Um, no disrespect to Victoria Pilsen, but I don't really know them that well. They would have finished second in the Czech division. Um, they're always usually around the Champions League or Europe League, and they, they must be a good side. But I think that at home, you'd fancy a full-strength AZ side to win that game. But the frustrating thing for me is AZ have known for a while that they need a centre-back and they've come into someone wanting a centre-back, but so far none have arrived. When you're you know, arguably two, ways, two weeks away from one of your biggest games of the season, I'm sure they would have wanted to have one in. I know that obviously the situation with COVID has probably affected their finances and they're trying to no haggle a deal for, for somebody that's going to be cheaper. I know that Terence Congolo has been linked on loan. But it looks like Fulham wants to sign him permanently, so that might not go through. Wesley Hoot as well, who's on his way out to Southampton, but maybe his wages are a stumbling block if they're trying to get him on loan. And then, you know, the other options are, you know, the ones that are playing in the second division, like Jan Paul Van Hack, but he's got other clubs all around Europe trying to sign him. So he said might get trumped for that as well. But it's just a frustrating thing that always seems to happen with Dutch clubs that go into the European qualifiers don't seem to get their squads ready in time. Well, 
You say that, Mike, and I know what you mean with getting the squads ready. They've had a long time, of course, to try and get in a centre-back. I know COVID's been tricky, like you say. They've also not really... Well, they haven't sold anybody yet. They've even kept um, Osama Idrisi, who, who sounds like he's now going to be staying with the club after being so vocal about leaving. The, the squad is ready, I guess. There's there's no one out at the moment. Um, Boadu's come back and Stengs is next to come back. You can't say, though, that they're missing only one player, and that's the reason why... They've been a little shaky in defence during pre-season. Um, I caught the highlights, RZ against Lille. They won 2-1, two, two fantastic goals for RZ, but actually they conceded loads of chances to Lille and Lille will be very frustrated they didn't score more goals. Is that really just, just the fact that they're missing a centre-back though? I've, I've been quite confident about RZ doing really well this season and particularly in pre-season, hitting the ground running in these European matches. But like you say, Dutch clubs always seem to start slow, but what is RZ's excuse given that they've kept all their best players. I guess the excuse for now would be that one of the best players I'm fit, like Stengs, is going to be out for another couple of weeks and it's touch and go for him playing. Um, and maybe, I guess, just hit, struggling to for motivation against, you know, the other busy clubs that are playing in pre-season. I mean, they're always into, I guess, like, the practice floor. Um, and he lost to, was it to the test as well? This is an ideal preparation for them. I do think that they are lacking in defence. If Ron Var isn't fit, which he never is, and um, he's out and Hadzid Yakos isn't there, then you know, he's going to be tempted again to play Cook Miners in the back, which to me is a shame because he's much better in the holding midfielder role. Um, Adrissi says he's going to stay now, but is that because the clubs really haven't come in for him? Um, and then yeah, if they get knocked out by Victoria Posen, then are they going to have to try and sell some of these players to raise funds for the fact that they're not going to get that extra money from basically going through that next Champions League qualifying spot? For me, if I was a Z fan right now, I'd be worried about getting through these qualifiers. I think that Victoria Posen's going to be easy, the easiest one, and next round they're going to get somebody really tough. And for me, personally, I just don't see them as being ready. They have kept their squad together, but if Stengs doesn't play, then that's a massive part of their attack out. And yeah, Bordeaux's only played one match and you know, got two weeks to go until, until they play again. So yeah, for me, there's a lot of question marks around AZ at the moment and heading into the new season. Um, I really hope they get past the tripods and I hope that Stengs comes back and gets at least one preseason game in before, before that game. But yeah, for me, I would have really hoped they had signed a new centre-back um, because for me, they're definitely lacking there and then up front as well. If Bordeaux suddenly got injured again, I don't think they have a striker at all to, to replace him. So, yeah, they need to kind of wrap him up in Cotton World for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, they, they've got a very... Um, they've got a lack of players as backup. They've got a lot of first-team options that are very good. Uh, but once Bordeaux and Sengs are injured, the players they can call upon aren't, aren't the same quality and... They've got some great young players coming through. They're just going to take some time. So I guess it's what they, yeah, what they can do with with the transfer market now and with their defenders and just hope for the best of the season that they can keep their their players in cotton wool and not expect them to be playing twice a week. They're going to have to do some rotation at some point during the season. Otherwise, it'll be a bit like last season where it kind of it can get to them with all these games. And the next question is to do with Ajax, and I think that we should touch upon them because they, of course, 
um, could be doing all this qualifying as well. What What's the situation with Ajax and, and, and the Champions League, Mike, going into the new season? First of all, um, will they have to qualify? And second of all, is their team ready for it? Um, no, um, it all depends on what happens, as I said earlier on, with Leon. If Leon win the Champions League, then Ajax will have to, to qualify, but we are basically the only club that can affect that now. So you're hoping, if you're an Ajax fan, that they get knocked out by Manchester City, then that confirms their, their place in the, the group stages. I mean, I think, hand on heart, all of us would say right now that we don't think Leon are going to win the Champions League. So you'd, if you're an Ajax fan or if you're at the club, you'd be expecting to play in the group stage next season. But I guess the biggest questions around Ajax now are who's going to leave the club? You know, Onana missed a friend at the weekend. He was apparently had a niggly injury. Same with Dest as well. Um, yeah, the slight injury as well. And they, them two didn't feature. And then obviously that led to speculation that a transfer could be close. Ajax denied that. But, you know, Onana's constantly getting linked to, with Chelsea. But that doesn't seem like it's going to go ahead unless they managed to sell Kepa. And the other side is... Tagliafico as well. He's been, again, yesterday in the English papers, they said that he's their number one left-back target. So I think that next couple of weeks there's still going to be a lot of rumours about players, players leaving. But they look good. Um, the first preseason friendly, they hammered RKC. Um, and yeah, the squad right now is looking good. Anthony scored twice. He looks a good signing. So yeah, for me, they're still going to the new season's favourites, but it's just that question mark of who's going to leave the club in the next couple of weeks. Is Onana, is Tagliafico, are these players going to get the move that they want? Dest, is he motivated to stay, um, having been linked to Bayern Munich for weeks and weeks and weeks? So yeah, we'll just see how it goes in the next couple of weeks because I think that their squad is prepared for players leaving. I think they'll sign a new goalkeeper if Onana went. And they might try for a left back if Tagafico went, but the rest of the, the squad, the rest of the, the players look strong in their positions. So I think that going forward and in the midfield acts are fine. It's just little question marks over the defence. Just small things to fix. And now that Velt Veltman's left as well, um, and if some Ajax fans will be happy with the fact that they won't have to deal with his mistakes anymore. But they've still got some things to fix in their defence with who who starts in it if Tagliafico leaves, if Dest leaves, does Masraoui come back to attention at right back? Um, who will they sign for left back? Then who who plays next to Daly Blinton in the centre centre defence? Perse Kurz actually came out in the media and saying like this is his chance, he's got to try and take it. And I'd agree with him, but he too needs to cut out the mistakes. That's what it seemed to be in the end. I think the way Ajax play it it can lead to defenders making mistakes because they're so heavily relied upon when the ball's lost. They're the ones that got to win the ball back. They seem to get very stretched in the counter-attack with the lack of a true defensive midfielder really tracking back um, in the first instance. So I guess that's where the, the problems lie for Ajax. Would you agree with that, Mike? And same goes to the goalkeeper too. If he's a goalkeeper, he's the one who's going to keep all of the, the back four you know, in the same wavelength. Yeah, I think there's question marks over the positions at the back. If they would try and sign somebody, if they... They did lose Tagafico and Onana. I think he's waiting for that money to come in. I think Stecklenberg has been brought in as you know backup. I can't see him being the first choice, and I don't think he was 
that great against Lacazette. I think the goal that they scored was maybe down to a little bit of an error from from him. I think the defensive midfield, yeah. I think that Marin had a good game at the weekend. We'll see if he has comes into his second season having adapted to to Ajax and the way they want to play. And then you've you got Kudos coming in. I want to see more of him. And then you've got Gravenberch as well. I think he'll be a starter. And then Iting as well, as well as in Kellenkamp, because Kellenkamp was getting linked with FC20 and they basically blocked him from leaving. So they're not interested in that. And then in, at the weekend, he came off the bench in the second half and, and scored and gave an assist. So you can't do much more than that. You're getting asked to, to impress, so maybe he'll get a chance. So yeah, I think midfield and up front, they're, they're settled. It's just that defence and they're lacking in some some areas that need to be strengthened in the coming weeks should players leave. But it's just a state of them waiting until clubs like Chelsea make their moves, um, which will come probably in the next couple of weeks. With the transfer window being open until October, it's just frustrating that these clubs have to, to wait, really. There's a couple of clubs who might not be doing too much transfer business from now on, and one of those is Feyenoord. What are your thoughts on them in pre-season, Mike? And it'd be good to touch, actually, upon some teams that, that have stood, up, stood out for us in pre-season. We will be doing an Eredivisie season preview podcast, uh, plenty more to talk about with the new season ahead. Just some brief glimpses into how you're finding teams in pre-season. One of those is Feyenoord. They beat Sparta 3-0 the other day. And Robert Berzenek scored two goals. He looks like he's in for a good season. Yeah. Um, for me, Feyenoord have a very exciting young squad. I think they've signed well. I think they've kept the players that they want to keep. I think Kochu staying is, is big for them. I think Sinezi, if he manages to stay, then they've got a great centre-back. And just all around, I think their squad is... Is very strong. I think they've signed well with Brian Winston and, and Deemers. Managing to keep Leary fair, I think it's been an excellent summer for Feyenoord. And I don't think there's very many positions where you can say that they're weak because they have so many youngsters coming through as well. I think Somerville, I think he did well at Adderton Hag. And we're going to see a lot more of him for Feyenoord this, this season. He's such an exciting young winger. And then you look at the young players they do have. They've got Bosnick, you know, Berger, Somerville, Kochu, Azarkan. Gertruda, Bailo and Goal, Malasia, Veerman, Sinistera, who, you know, he'll miss the, the start of the season, but, you know, when he comes back, he's an excellent winger. And then our new signing, Christian Conte as well, he's an attacker. So all over the pitch, I think Feyenoord just look really, really strong and they managed to keep Veracruz, which is you know, the most important thing. And going by the form at the end of the season and how Dick Advocates got them so confident and playing really well, you know, I can't see any reason why Feyenoord won't be challenging for the title. I think we've seen that there's question marks on Ajax's defence, there's question marks on AZ's attacking squad depth. I think there's just question marks around PSV um, and how they're going to adapt under a new coach. You know, they've got an exciting team. So, yeah, I think that out of the top four, I think Feyenoord, to me, in my opinion, are the most settled and they go into the new season with a huge chance, I think. I think that PSV are one to watch as well, given the new the new the new playing style that um, Schmidt, the new manager's put in place. He's getting Madueke firing. He's trying out a new uh, formation. I believe it's a four four two, and he's got all of these attacking players back at the club. Um, Sam Lammers is fit properly again. They've got a good chance too. I think they could probably surprise with 
the way that he can coach them. Because I don't have the, the best squad, I'd say now, out of the top four teams. But it could be interesting with um, Marlon back up top, scoring the goals um, and, and a new style of defence. For me, I watched a bit of Vitesse as well. I'm not saying they're going to be challenging my top four necessarily, but they look good in pre-season. They're also trying a 4-4-2 and they have a new um, German coach as well. Um, trying to think who else has stood out in, in pre-season. It, it's hard to remember. I haven't seen too many games. FC Twente beat Fortuna Sittard the other day and they have some some new players. A lot of them are lone players, but they look good together and they don't look too disjointed, which you, is what you might expect from a side that's just signed a load of new players all at once. Anyone else standing out for you, Mike? Players or teams? I was going to say FC Twente. I'm excited to see what happens with them this season. They'll be signing a lot of players. Yeah, they're the lone players, but you know, Kit Pieri and, and Daniel from Ajax. I want to see how they got on. You know, the youngster from Everton, Marcelo. I want to see how he gets on as well. So I think that they'll be better than they were last season. I think they were disjointed. Club last season, I think that the manager didn't get them playing well and they had a lot of players that just didn't seem really interested and I think a lot of the ones that they probably wanted to get rid of, they have got rid of this summer and they've got Ron Jans and now he's a perfect coach for the Eredivisie. Um, I think that Twente will have a much better season. But the one club that I think everyone has their eyes on at the moment and wants to see how they're going to perform is Kroningen and this, this Friday they're playing and basically the coach came out and said that Arjen Robin is going to be back for it and he's going to get his first minutes of pre-season in that game so I think it, all eyes will be on that to see how he performs you know running in they've lost Zeefuick to Herford Berlin then all around their squad is, is very young you've got you know, like a superstar in Arjen Robin then you've got a bunch of youngsters playing around him so it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic works and whether in the next couple of weeks you'll see them signing maybe another couple of players because I think up front they do look really light. They've got, you know, Postema, but he's so young. Um, he's yet to score near the busy. So if they go into a new season with him as a starting striker, that's maybe a bit of a worry, but we'll see if they manage to sign someone a bit more experienced in the next couple of weeks to to help Robin out because, you know, it's really him and a bunch of youngsters at the moment. Um, but yeah, for going back to PSV, I think that yeah, there are two wins in Germany. There are pre-season wins. Like I said, I think Madueke looked exceptional. I think that he's going to be one of the standout players in there at the this season. Then you've got Ihatarin pulling the strings behind him. The only problem for me for PSV is the defence. You know, you've got Dumfries there, he's settled, but the centre-back pairing don't strike me with too much confidence. Um, and he's still got question marks over who's going to play in goal. So I think that Schmidt has that to work with, I think, going forward. They're exciting. They've got Madueke, they've got Wammers, Maland come back. They've got Gakpo, I think, who ended the season in great form and I think he's going to have a big year. And then in midfield, I think there's going to be new roles for like Hendricks and Rosario. I think we're going to see the best of them under Schmidt. So if he can sign a couple of defenders with the limited budget that he has, then, then PSV, yeah, they become contenders again. So yeah, I think the next couple of weeks we'll see the other clubs, you know, we'll see what sort of state likes are here in Vienna are in um, Heracles as well to see how they're preparing for a new season because Heracles lost a lot of players this summer and they've probably signed a lot of new ones on loan so we'll see what they're going to do I think that the battle for the playoff positions is going to be 
tight this year. I think there's going to be a few clubs going for it. You know, Heron Vince Cronigans and Utrecht. I think I agree with you. The Tests have had a very good preseason so far, and I think they're the strongest out of the basically the best of the rest. So I think that they should be definitely challenging, possibly sneak into top four if a club has a, an off season. But then they're definitely the strongest team going for fifth. I think. Yeah, I think the Tests probably the best of the rest at the moment. Utrecht as well, looking good. For them to wait, uh, haven't lost uh, their best players yet. They've secured the signing permanently of Ando uh, They've They're adding bits around it too. They, they've signed the top scorer from the German third division last season. who's in the Bayern Munich reserves. I think they'll be uh, up there again. Hopefully they can get through some rounds of Europa League qualifying as well. I think here and Vain, though, I've watched them once and I wasn't impressed. They've... Lost a lot of players this summer. A lot of defenders left the club. I think they had three senior defenders left. They didn't have a goalkeeper. They've got Maldonado, who is silly enough for Eredivisie. Yeah, it's it's what they can do with a new striker, because like Kroenigan, actually, they could end up with an 18-year-old. Jan Smith is supposedly going to be leading the line at the moment. They've got Espiord as well, but he hasn't really recovered from his injuries he had in Norway. Um, they just look a bit short, and for me, it's going to take a lot of a lot of goals from EUK and perhaps Ian van der Heide, who's an 18-year-old winger. He could be having a lot of games this season. In the midfield, Vim signed a contract extension, but they've lost their captain, uh, Hikam Fike, which is a big loss to them, I think. So, let's see what we've got ahead, and of course, in the area of Z, you've just got Lots of teams that will lose players and then all of a sudden there'll be new players that will just come through and really stand out in the league. It's just that kind of division to play in, isn't it? Um, unless there's anything else, Mike, it's it's been good to talk and on to the next podcast. Yeah, it's just getting closer and closer to the new season. It's getting only a few weeks away and hopefully AZ do the business in a couple of weeks' time and that'll be big for the league. And then, yeah, it's just going to be see how clubs are preparing in the next few weeks and what transfers happen it's exciting times we've got a lot of youngsters coming through and i'm sure over the next few weeks we'll have profiles of all those youngsters that you can watch next season and yeah just a month to go until it all gets going which is exciting a four-week countdown and in that time we'll be giving you lots about um some young dutch players coming through more podcasts season previews the netherlands games are coming up start of september the new eredivisie season I can assure you that the next four weeks are going to be very busy on Football Anya, so stay tuned. Okay, well, thanks for listening, everybody, and, and bye for now. That is back up! That is back up! That is back Yeah! 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 That is he! Yeah! Yeah! That is Klaassen! Goal!